Hello and welcome to Trashy Trashy, where we take a dumpster dive on this week's garbage people and all the trashiest news stories. My name is Erica and I am your host. And my name is Cassandra and I'm your other host. Hi, Erica. Hi, Cassandra. How are you? I'm aight. I'm aight. How are you? Yeah, I'm living the dream. Just so everyone knows, we are recording on Super Bowl Sunday. Ooh, who cares? <laughs> so we'll be recording two versions of this podcast, one where the Chiefs win and one where the Bucks win. So what a little Easter egg. Yes, you don't know which one just happened, but we do. But we will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are you trash this week, Erica? Well, I have a, a two-parter, a twofer, if you will. Love it. First off, this week alone, I have cashed two checks for under $2. Uh-huh. For why? One was a clash action settlement that I won <laughs> for $1.39. That you won? I won. Your efforts class. alone? Yep. Took a, a class of people to win this money from Who'd a- you sue? Who did you sue? AEG. A concert presenter. I guess I worked for them at some point. Oh, okay. Tight. Yep. And the other was from Game Show Ready, <sighs> a Instagram-only game show. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And I have a correction. Mm. Last week, I was talking about a Dave Chappelle show sh- sketch, and I used the term crackhead. And I would like to preemptively apologize. I don't think that was the right term. I don't think the context was okay. And I apologize. I shouldn't have used it. Okay, cool. That's all I want to say. Isn't that, is that the terminology that they use in the sketch? It absolutely is. But that was like a certain time and a certain place. And I just, I don't feel like I should have used it. I gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you. People change. People change. People grow. Mm-hmm. Why are you trash? I um I recently came across some of my old headshots. I've been in the business of show since I was 13, on and off, of course, you know, different varying levels of attempts and things like that. Uh, not successful as a child, chubby, I guess. And back in the early 2000s, no one wanted a chubby child. Now I would have been, you know, cleaning up. But anyway, so I came across these old headshots. I posted one on my Instagram. <laughs> and uh, I I remember that photo shoot being 13. This is back when headshots were black and white and wearing all of my like Hot Topic bests because it was like I didn't know anything about the industry. So it was less about like, oh, let me, let me dress for like the kind of roles that are out there. It was like, no, I'm going to pick my favorite clothes <laughs> and get these pictures taken. And so undoubtedly when I, you know, got my first agent stuff, I was immediately pigeonholed into being like a little goth child. But it's like, yeah, I was wearing Hot Topic stuff. So the one I post on my Instagram, I'm wearing a off the shoulder top, which is a black and white photo, but it was red and black. And right across my 13 year old boob area is a zipper, which by the way, when you unzipped it did not open at anywhere. But I and I've got my my little thumbs in my low rise jean belt loops and a little studded belt on and my hair, it looks like I started straightening it and then stopped halfway through. Like I look ridiculous. 
And then there's another one where I'm sitting cross-legged, which like every kid ever has a headshot where they're just sitting cross-legged like on something. So I'm like sitting cross-legged and I'm wearing like these big chunky like DC skate shoes, which never, ever, ever came in contact with a skateboard uh-huh. in their life. <laughs> And then there's another one where I'm wearing a level 27 shirt, which level 27 for all the posers out there is Billy Merton, I think is his last name. But he was, it was like one of the guys of Good Charlotte. That was his clothing brand. So the guy who was the photo photographer's assistant said that he had the same personal trainer as Joel Madden from Good Charlotte. And this was like, oh my God. I'm the, the my first headshot session in Hollywood and I'm already meeting someone associated with Good Charlotte. Like <laughs> this is Hollywood is. And by the way, I got these headshots seen in Orange County. Like <laughs> I just what a the poor little girl. She didn't know. But I mean, thank God that she didn't. That photographer should not have taken your money. Oh, why? It was my mom's money. I was a photographer happy to do it. It just like I think like it's a weird thing to think back of like, imagine if you would have gotten what you really, really wanted when you were a child and your brain wasn't developed enough to like mm-hmm. have it. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I could say like, oh, thank God that I didn't like get any traction and, and didn't become a child actor. But like, that's what I wanted more than anything in the world. And how could I possibly say thank God? Cause now I'm 30 and I'm broke, which maybe could have been the case if I was a child actor too. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a weird thing to like look back on and be like, fuck, I've been doing this for a long time with no success. <laughs> so that triggers a story within me. One time, my boyfriend's band, Drack and the Swamp Rats, opened for Corey Feldman. Yes. They opened for Corey Feldman at this club called the Canyon Club up in like almost Ventura, mm-hmm. like a deep, like Thousand Oaks, Deep Valley. Yeah. And it was like a hometown show because. Every villain in an 80s movie, every, like, (laughs) ski jerk, you know, like, every actor that played an asshole are all, like, Corey Feldman's friends and peers. Mm -hmm. And they were all there. Like, I recognized so many people. And I was like, oh, yeah, you were, like, a jerk in 16 Candles. Or you were a jerk in this. (laughs) And they all came out to support Corey. And that is another person that was brilliant but should not have had fame when they were a child because look what it did to them. Corey Feldman's – I used to work at the P.F. Chang's in Sherman Oaks and we had like a big like circular table in the middle of the restaurant that like had like a Lazy Susan kind of spinning vibe in the center. So Corey Feldman's people would come in and sit at that table for – five hours like just kind of using it as their private boardroom to discuss his career he would come for maybe 10 minutes and then leave they would all order like i'll just have an iced tea you know and like just take up this huge table all and i'm like and i used to just be like a annoyed because you're taking up my money but b i'm like what is there to talk about yeah. Like, how is it, how are this this many people in earnest just working for Corey feldman and like being like okay What's the move? Like, it's over. No no offense, but like, it's over. Corey and his angels, his band is, you know, they're still going strong. Yeah, and He's- that's exactly what he should be doing. Yeah. It's a, there's no, there's no 
acting career or something. He's allegedly releasing a documentary about the abuse in Hollywood, but it keeps getting sabotaged. Mm. AKA, I don't know if he's actually made it. And I believe him as a victim, but I don't know if he's made this documentary, but he keeps... Every time it's going to be released, something happens to it because the powers that be don't want you to see it. Hmm. That sounds ripe for trashy, trashy. <laughs> yep. Speaking of, you know, Hollywood, mm-hmm. let's get into our first story. Yeah. This is from Instagram and also the LAist. LA police say Holly boob vandalism of Hollywood sign was way uncool. Six individuals were arrested for the stunt, which reportedly was intended to raise awareness about breast cancer. However, dot, dot, dot. Actually, it was really a social media protest of censorship on Instagram from influencer and model Julia Rose. Rose staged the protest after she was banned from Instagram for violating its policies and posting nearly nude photos. The act also served as an opportunity for Rose to promote her digital pornography magazine, Shag Mag, which also had its Instagram account banned. Did I find the right Julia Rose on when I just Googled her right away? Because I got, no, there's no way. That's a 47-year-old actress. That's, that's not right. But it looks like she's dabbled with Logan Paul. Uh-huh. That checks out. Oh, yes. Okay, I see. This is definitely the right one. This one with the really deep tan and <laughs> yes and the shag mag t-shirt that shows her under boob mm-hmm. under boob so. so hot right now under boob is so hot right now you know what I, oh i think i already plugged this place and we talked about it before i got a bra from cantique la uh-huh and which is great and they like literally like please shop from there like it's a small business in la and they she just started selling in nordstrom but they go up to 5x the sizes which is really great all-inclusive brand and gender inclusive brand i put on the bra it's a it's a dynamite and it intentionally has underboob built in oh yeah ooh. yeah pretty tight yeah shop cantique everybody shop.cantique on instagram i mean you know what? I thought this Holly Boob thing was cool until I found out who it was associated with. Is that like fucked up? No, if it was breast cancer awareness, I'm on board. But because it was to promote or just to, you know, protest just general nudity guidelines, like there has to be some boundaries on Instagram. I think they take it too far, mm-hmm. but I don't want somebody that as an 11 year old that has an account having the same access to under booby that I, a woman in my thirties have. Yeah. I mean, I almost just would have preferred if it wasn't like even raising awareness for anything. It was just like some dicks who were like, let's put a B over the W. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember Holly weed when weed got legalized in LA? Yeah, that was pretty sick. How are they getting this close to the sign? There's ways to do it. There's a hike that takes you like right up. I was always under the impression that that sign was under like constant surveillance. (laughs) There is like a trust. There's like an organization whose job it is to keep the Hollywood sign there. Like they fundraise to raise money to keep it there. Mm -hmm. But don't think it's under like gunpoint surveillance. That's how I always thought it was. That would be... That would be nonsense, I would say. <laughs> I mean, they do it at the Louvre. <laughs> and I would argue that the Hollywood sign is LA's Louvre. Yes. That is 
our cultural contribution to the world is <laughs> the Hollywood sign, which we're constantly having to like pray that no developer just buys and runs down and builds into a house. You know, from my apartment in Koreatown, I can see the Griffith Park or uh, the Griffith Observatory. Yeah. I can see it from, I have a straight shot to it. I remember that. You showed me that the last time that I was there, which was now fucking a thousand years ago. I've just, every time I forget about it and then I see it again and I'm like, damn, that's cool. Yeah. I don't really have any good views where I'm at, but that's okay. But you're in such a prime location. Yes. Location, location, location. Let's go to our next location, which is a local city council meeting in Idaho. Yes, according to the insider.com, an anti-masker ranted about the nonsense of mask wearing during a local city council meeting in Idaho. Katie Duggar is seen at a meeting hosted by the city of Lewiston on January 25th wearing a colorful outfit, which she says is the only way she can avoid wearing a mask. You know why I'm wearing this? Duggar asked city officials according to a video from Facebook Live. I'm wearing this because the only way I could go to school today was because I had to act like I had on a freaking burqa like I'm a Muslim. Duggar is a student at the Lewis Clark State College, LCSC, and said she had to take the last semester off because of the, ma- the mask mandate nonsense. A burqa is an enveloping outer garment which covers the body and face that is worn by women in some Islamic traditions. The Arab version of a burqa is called a Boshia and is usually black in color. So, yeah, she's got a purple scarf on her head and is basically dressing that way in order to avoid a mask, which I've got a couple questions. Are I, you I, are, I got are a couple you, questions. Yeah, are you allowed to not wear a mask if you're wearing a burqa? I think she's trying to go for like a religious exemption. Okay. But I mean, but this isn't her do you, religion. Do you get one? I mean, even if it was her religion, like, do you get one? I I think there are certain ways to opt out of a mask mandate, and that's what people are. I don't know. I was having a conversation yesterday where I was like, imagine if Donald Trump would have just keep all of the same views, all the same shitty views that you have. Just if he would have just adjusted his view on the coronavirus, mm-hmm. if this would have been, if this would happen right now, it's not enjoyable for anyone to wear a mask. I'm not going to fucking come on my gigantic platform as a journalist and say that suddenly, like, oh yeah, masks are super easy to breathe out of. Like, no, but doctors have to wear them all fucking day. Prior to any COVID, you can breathe. You need to relax. And like, just fucking do what you're told and just wear the mask. But it's just crazy to me that like this entitlement of anti-masking is all undeniably leads back to the fact that Donald Trump is a narcissist who didn't want to cover his face. You know what blows my mind about his presidency is that he didn't just give us $2,000 a month for March. Like, it's not his fucking money. What does he care? If he would have done something like that, he 100% would have been reelected. Well, I mean, that was the Senate. Yeah, but he pushes the agenda down. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he didn't want anyone to get to get anything because he wanted he just wanted COVID to disappear so he, everything could be back to normal. It's like, yeah, you and me both, dickwad. I got shit I'd love to be doing right now. Oh, God. 
either way, it's just like this. If enough with the anti-masking, you guys need to fucking relax. And I don't think we have any anti-mask listeners. I'll say that. I'll go on record. Email me if I do. But I don't think that our podcast reaches that crowd. Yeah, probably not. It's just it's just one of those things where, I mean, if you know an anti-masker, just send him a DM really fast and be like, hey, relax. Relax. <laughs> They're probably clenched jaw, raised shoulder constantly. And if they just would relax a little bit. I have a something I've been noticing that I I call the the Burbank ripoff, which is being in Burbank, which is like you know pretty. I wouldn't call it a conservative part of LA, but it's definitely <laughs> you know it's got some leanings. I mean, as far as leaning as LA can be, but I just know like being in Burbank, you see people walk out of businesses and then rip off the mask the second they walk out, walking by the entire line without the mask because they basically are just doing it in order to get served and then they leave. Like they're just following it enough, but they obviously don't believe it. Little inside behind the curtain, trashy, trashy listeners. We just had to take a break because I had to sell something on OfferUp. And I had to pee. (laughs) Let's dive into our next story. Okay. From the businessinsider.com, a woman charged in the Capitol riot asked the judge for permission to leave the U.S. for a vacation in Mexico. You know what? Just really fast. I have to just, because it's like, I'm trash. I just did something trashy while doing that offer up thing that I think. <laughs> What'd you do? <laughs> well, I had, my, <laughs> I had my boyfriend help me carry that thing down. It was like a record player. And on the way back up, I said, I'll give you $300 if you go get us breakfast burritos right now. And he fucking said no. Oh, wow. Yeah. What an offer and what a decline. I know. I know. But I meant it because I'm a piece of shit. No, I, I've i had a $300 breakfast burrito feeling before. You're like, I, I don't care. I'll give you everything I have. Yeah. Just go get a burrito. Clear the accounts. <sighs> Anyways, a woman who was charged in participating in the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th has asked a federal court to let her leave the U.S. for a vacation that she booked in Mexico. Jenny Cudd's lawyers asked the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia on Monday to approve Cudd's request to travel outside the country. The motion, seen by Insider, said Cudd had planned and prepaid for a weekend retreat with her employees for dates of February 18th to February 21st in Riviera Maya, Mexico. Like, oh man. Here's the thing. I totally like, yeah, I'm in jail. I stormed the Capitol. Like, blah. But I kind of already paid for this. And technically my court date's not until later. So can I just take me a drink? It's I've already paid for it. It's it's non-refundable. Think about all the people of color who get arrested who get arrested uh don't give the opportunity like oh hey can i uh you think i can just wait this out on the outside while i wait for my court date my my wife is pregnant yeah nope it is it is fucking outrageous we live in two different americas you know like when i read this i was like so did they give it to her because probably (laughs) they did Oh, Jesus. Cud, she says that this is a work-related bonding retreat for employees and their spouses. She has been charged with unlawfully entering a restricted building and with disorderly conduct. She also apparently has 
she previously ran to be the mayor of her town, Midland, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a little background on Miss Cud. She was charged in January after the FBI said video footage showed her inside the Capitol. The FBI, citing the security footage, said Cud walked around parts of the building and took photos inside. We did break down the Nancy Pelosi's office door and somebody stole her gavel and took a picture and sitting in the chair flipping off the camera, she said, according to the FBI. The FBI described her in a video saying, fuck yes, I'm proud of my actions. I fucking charged the Capitol today with patriots today. Hell yes, I'm proud of my actions. Now time to go to Mexico. I just am outraged. But at the same time, I'd love to be going to Mexico. I wouldn't go to Mexico right now if you paid me because of the coronavirus. But his her lawyers described her as a small business owner in Midland, Texas, an established member of the community. So, you know, just like that rapist from, you know, wherever each rapist case ever when they're white is like, think of all the potential. They're, they're upstanding members of the community. Like, we can't just ruin their lives over this. We can't make this woman lose all that money on that Mexico trip just because, you know, she was trying to participate in a coup to overthrow the government, the election. Come on couple QAnon videos and storming the Capitol and breaking windows and five people dying. But she already paid for her trip. Mexico, more of like, Mexa, I gotta go. Wow. That's that's it, right? That's, I hey, think Erica, that's- stay trash. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, y'all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, our next story comes to us from the Trashmonger themselves, TMZ.com. Yeah, I, honestly, sometimes we get the TMZ stories and I'm like, Ugh, I don't even want to read this. It's like almost too trashy for me. But this is interesting, I guess. Actor Jason Lewis, sorry I shot rice balls around feral cats, but they're crapping in my yard. Sex and the City star Jason Lewis got into a heated argument with his neighbor after the actor was caught firing a weapon to scare some feral cats away but the gun wasn't loaded with bullets. I'm trying to look Jason up who Jason Lewis was. He's oh, like Oh, he was, guy. yeah, he was Samantha's like LA model partner husband guy. The model. Yeah, I see. Jason was clearly upset over the cats that were abandoned after one of his neighbors died this past September. Another neighbor has been feeding the felines every day, but according to the neighbor, Jason was pissed off because the cats were pooping in his yard. He was shooting grains of rice in the direction of the cats, not to hurt them, but rather to show them he means business. But this did not sell well with the neighbor. The neighbor says it's undermining her efforts to get the cats to trust her so she can find them new homes. Okay. How do you feel about this? I feel like there are two different worlds that we live in, which is the country and the city. And let me explain that. I grew up in the country Mm -hmm. where... This would have been perfectly acceptable. There were strays, dogs, cats, constantly. They, they ate wildlife. They fucked with our pets that were outside cats and dogs. But this is a city, and it has different rules. And you have to abide by those rules to continue to live in the city. But. Ooh, what's your but? <laughs> I have I don't I don't know where I'm supposed to f- land on people feeding feral cats. My mom used to live in um 
she lived in a few places in Burbank, but she had this one place. I think it was her last place that she had in Burbank. And I would park on her street to come visit. And I'm not like like little roaches, 16, 17 feral stray cats, which like away from under cars or or wherever. Like to a point where I was like, is this like scary? Like, because I'd never seen this many cats in my life. Someone on that street was feeding all of them. There's just no way. They're, they wouldn't have all been there if they weren't all being fed by someone on the street. And I would see that and I would go, is this fucking helping anything? These cats need to be fixed, neutered, yeah. like yeah. something, you know, like I, I get it. Like I, I love cats and, and I feel bad for feral cats and I want all of these animals to have homes. But like, there's just, it. are, are you helping or hurting the problem? Like, don't shoot rice at them. But also, like, why are you feeding them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say all assholes here, if you will. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, this guy probably lives in some, like, bougie, you know, like, Hollywood neighborhood and stuff. Where it's like, you know, yeah, you don't want a bunch of stray cats just shitting all over your yard. But I don't I know. Don't, I know. But I don't like, he could have actually hit them and then... No, I don't think that he should have shot anything at them. I trust me. I'm just thinking like, can we not like, can we just not feed? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Somebody needs to handle these cats. Something should be done. Because you're old right. Man, we, we're in the city. We're in we're the, the city. city, not the country. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of being in the city, according to the New York Post.com, an 81 person French orgy broken for violating COVID-19 curfew. Curved 19 curfew. Oops. <laughs> Curved. Uh, Curved 19. Man, we, <laughs> they just, orgies, you know, we can, we can use the, the city that doesn't sleep. Truly, the city of lights. 81 person orgy. That's an odd number. What is somebody doing on the sidelines? I don't know, but that stinks. Oh, yeah, the body odor must be atrocious i'm not and i'm not hating on orgies live your life i'd like to be in an orgy someday i think but like i i not 81 people i cannot possibly consent to that many people at once i wouldn't know everybody's names no five people maybe maybe 10 maybe 10 that's about as big of an orgy as i can be are there name tags like, that's what I immediately went to. Are there name tags? You can't stick a name tag on a on a bare tit. Do you write in Sharpie, I'm Sarah? Across your, like, body? Across your body somewhere so somebody can be like, Sarah, we need a hand over here. <laughs> You're in. <laughs> Tap in, Sarah. You're off the bench. <laughs> Quit eating popcorn and get over here. Peter, it's you're out, dude. You got to sit this one out for a minute. Do they serve food at orgies? Yes, that's part. It's like very sexy is what I've been told. Like sexy food. Who do you know? Name them. I, I can- <laughs> First and last. <laughs> and their social security starts with 441. Friend who invited me to something of this matter. says it's a pool party. And then we all just, you know, start having fun. We just kind of start to play. And I was like, fresh out of a breakup. I was like, I am not ready for this. 
please bring this up later. And it never got brought back up. And I mean, I'm sure I could have brought it up to her, but like, you can't just go asking for the orgies. No, you missed your window. Yeah, that was my one sh- re- like real direct shot to get into an orgy. And I, I just wasn't, I wasn't in the headspace yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, these people were, were in the headspace. The sex party in Collagene, about 20 miles outside of Paris, also featured booze, sound systems, and light installations, the Independent reported. Oh, well, that's nice. You got to get some ambiance, I think. But booze is not food. I'm still curious about the food situation because, it's the you know, they responded to the party at 9 p.m., which means it probably started around 7. I mean, and this is Paris or France. Like, they don't eat until about 9, 30, 10. You know, I'm just wondering what's like, is there going to be a dinner or, you know, like, and and don't tell me her pussy's my dinner. Cause it, I get it. And that's very funny, but like, seriously, like, will there be snacks or do I need to pack a cliff bar? Yeah, Cause it's going to take, it's going to exert a lot of energy. Yeah. Like I, I could carbo load all day, I guess, but then I'm not going to really feel very sexy, you know? Aye, aye. Um, aye, aye. Aye, aye. <laughs> Who do you know who went to an orgy, Erica? Tell me that right now. I I just heard tell. I've read stories on orgies on Reddit and okay. other, other platforms where there's like light snacks to be served. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Police responded to the party at 9 p.m., three hours after France's curfew. The first found 11 people in the parking lot. Once authorities were legally able to enter the warehouse at 11 p.m., they discovered the orgy. The event was in breach of curfew, and there were also problems with masks and social distancing, said Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it was an orgy, but everyone was wearing a mask. It was honestly incredible. This is like a lot of people six feet apart from each other, just like dancing and masturbating, but all with masks on. It's like, well, shit, really all they're violating is curfew. <laughs> Those involved in the party cooperated with the police and there was no resistance to the police. That's yeah, nice. Yeah, I mean, why, why, why would you? That's nice. Sacre bleu, let me go get my pants back on. <laughs> Can you imagine the rookie cop that's like, what, excuse me? There's 41 dicks in this room? Yeah. You think that... I think you're right. It was that the odd man out was a was a man. But, like, I don't know. From what I understand of orgies, and this is not from the one I was invited to, but they, they held a really big one in Vegas because, duh. And men were allowed to show up only if they came with a woman. Women were allowed to show up solo. So I feel like we're probably in more in the ballpark of, like, 33 dicks? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? I did not get into specific genitalia in the article, so we cannot confirm. I wish they would have. I wish they would have. This is poor journalism on our part. Not on our part. Mm-mm. No. This is the New York Post part. We're doing the best we can with what we were given. <laughs> Speaking of doing the best you can with what you're given, let's get into <laughs> our next story. Takes place right here in Los Angeles in Pasadena, California, as a matter of fact. According to ABC7.com, a maskless man was denied service at the Roscoe's House of Chicken and Waffles, so he returned with a gun. The man showed up to the back of the Pasadena restaurant and demanded 
all the chicken and waffles they could give him and ran off. He remains at large. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> the incident happened at the Roscoe's location on Lake Avenue in Pasadena around 5.40 p.m. on Wednesday. Police and restaurant officials say, restaurant officials? Who are they? Uh, the owner, the manager, I don't know. Restaurant officials. <laughs> I mean, I've worked in a restaurant. I've never worked with an official in my life. Anyways, they say... When the suspect first walked into the restaurant to order, he was turned away because he wasn't wearing a mask and was told that he could come back if he was wearing one. So instead, he came around back with a gun and the staff was super confused because they didn't know what he wanted because the cash registers are at the front, sir. He comes straight towards me with a gun, pointing at me, saying, put all the chicken in the bag, cook Robert Gonzalez says. The suspect demanded they turn over food, chicken, waffles, and syrup to him. No word on exactly what food he was able to grab, but the man ran off. He didn't take any cash. He actually just took chicken, and before he walked out the door, he took some syrup for his chicken. They were feeling scared, especially my cashier, said and manager Angela Prieto. She was very, very scared, and when I first talked to her, she was basically hysterical, but after a while, she calmed down and started laughing about it because she realized all he did was take some chicken. Ironically, surveillance video captured the man's face because he wasn't wearing a mask. I almost got shot over stupidity, I guess, said Gonzalez. No one was injured, and the Pasadena police are looking for the suspect and ask anyone with information to call them at 626-744-4501. Look at that. Journalist. Yeah, if you have any information about the chicken thief. <laughs> he was just hungry. I mean, I don't think I've ever been that hangry before, but... I mean, he could have at least pulled his shirt up over his nose at the bare minimum. Fuck no, and restrict his First Amendment right to breathe? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> God, I love this next story. Oh, I love it so much because one of my passions in life are mommy groups. Tell the people, Erica. According to Yahoo.com, the accidental sex couch is tearing Facebook mom groups apart. Accidental sex couch? What in the world are you talking about? Well, <laughs> there is a couch called The Nugget, a modular children's couch that doubles as a status symbol among parents who are obsessed with Pelotons and curated virtually schooling pods. Mm. The Nugget comes in stylish array of millennial-minded colors, most of which are limited edition, and features an even more millennial-looking triangle cushion. It costs $229, and there are more likely adding the nugget to their Pinterest boards than there are actual nugget owners, since the couch is chronically sold out. So, did you look up the couch? Yes. To explain to our listeners, it's essentially a couch that is a bunch of foam pads and can be taken, it can be made to look like a couch, or it can be taken apart, and like kids, it's like supposed to, I guess spike creativity with children but they can do it in a bunch of different ways that like you can be like a like you can make a slide out of it or you can make like a fort out of it or whatever but there's like two or like four bigger rectangular cushions and then two triangle sex pillows Oop, did i explain Oops. that wrong <laughs> nope sorry four rectangular cushions and two triangular Fuck donuts. Oop. Oop. My bad. For those of you who don't know, uh, Facebook is riddled with 
mommy groups. I'm in several in Los Angeles, despite the fact that I do not have any children. (laughs) They are, get your popcorn ready. Because someone can ask an innocuous question like, where do you find the best lamp bulbs? And suddenly someone will attack you for using electricity. It Mm. is. It is so good. And people ask some of the dumbest questions and people tear them down and tear them apart. (laughs) And uh, by the way, so this, this whole thing about like the nugget couch being used for sex, which again, like I kind of gave it away, but like these triangle cushions are very, very reminiscent of sex pillows. Like, I I saw this, I looked at the nugget and I was like, yeah, do I want one of these nuggets? Like, like, (laughs) well, they're sold out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it looks comfy as shit and it looks like a great thing to have sex on. Like really like, but, um, this came to TikTok and it kind of blew up and people were posting screenshots because there's nugget after dark groups, which are these mommy groups, but they are specifically talking about like how they fuck on these pillows or they fuck on these couches. And the nugget after dark people doxed everyone who was telling TikTok and everyone about them, like some sort of secret society where it's like, you post a screenshot, here's your fucking address, bitch. The nugget after dark groups. Like we have uh, to tread carefully here. Yes, like, they might come after us. (laughs) I don't think that, like, getting doxxed is necessarily out of the realm of possibility for what we do here at Trashy Trashy, but this would be, I would be surprised if it was this people. (laughs) So the thing is, you photograph your husband sitting on the box when he gets delivered. The less clothes, the better. Literally, someone just posted their husband ass naked on top of the box. That's such a weird uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah, TikTok exposed it in a huge way. Somebody asked the question on TikTok, what isn't a cult but feels like a cult? And this triggered the slew of nugget, nugget heads, if you will. Sure. You know, how does Nugget the company feel? Well, they were reached out for a question. If they were aware, asking if they were aware of Nugget after dark, a spokesperson replied that it would rather not comment on that matter. It did, however, confirm that the following the following the virality of Nugget Talk, there's an influx of traffic to their site, though it's hard to tell whether or not those sales have increased. There's a lot of people I mean, I don't blame these people for fucking on their couch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're gonna buy your things for your kids and you're gonna spend actually two twenty nine for a couch isn't that bad, but any money that you spend on your kid, you should be able to also like justify that you can use it for sex, right? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. am I totally off base by saying? <laughs> no, I I wholeheartedly agree. No, no. Uh- <laughs> it's like when you have a baby shower and then someone buys you lingerie and goes, "Get this for mommy." It's like, yeah, thanks. Yeah, but what I need is diapers. <laughs> well, for sure, but like. I'm just saying, like, you know, life has to go on after kids. Once they're, you know, once they walk right out of you and, um, you know, start doing, I don't know what babies do, but uh, breathing on their own, like, yeah, you should get back to fucking. 
Get back to fucking. Just don't come on the nugget. No, oh God. How do you explain that to Junior? You know who I don't know how to explain? Who? Morgan Wallen. Never heard of the guy until he was kicked off of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, me neither. And this guy just cannot stop with his bullshit. According to WKRN, which was this sent in by a listener? And this was sent in by a listener. This was sent in by Elise from Trashville, Tennessee. Ooh, thank you, Elise from Nashville, Tennessee. So Morgan Wallen has been suspended by his label after using a racial slur. He did. Did you see his episode of SNL that he ended up actually doing? Yes. And he was like apologizing and shit, you know, like within a sketch and sang a song about forgiveness and stuff. And then you got to go and go out and say the N word on your front porch. That word is either a part of your vocabulary or it absolutely is not. Bingo. And it doesn't matter if he was drunk. Like, that's not a part of my my vocabulary. I am embarrassed and sorry, Wallen said in a statement given to people. It is, I used an unacceptable and inappropriate racial slur that I wish I could take back. There are no excuses to use this type of language ever. I want to sincerely apologize for using the word. I promise to do better. Bullshit at this point. Like, you're 27 years old. You're a fucking country star. And you keep fucking up. Like, obviously, the problems are with you and your character. They are not with these isolated incidents that you keep. Like, you're just getting caught. I listened to somebody defend him, basically saying, like, oh, I'm not defending him, but haven't we all made mistakes? And I'm like, not that kind of mistake. Again, like, he's not 21. Yeah, he's he's a 27. His brain is fully formed. He's, in a, he's a full-blown adult. Like... Uh, there are things that I'm sure that I have said when I was 19, 20, like we've all said some stupid shit in our lives, you know, like 19 year old Cassandra used to say like high key, like some pretty misogynistic things on Twitter. Like I used to have like a lot of internalized misogyny and stuff like that, but I grew out of it. And like within my early twenties, like it, that is me. If, if someone pulled up one of my old tweets you know, like, I don't even know how you find them. But like, if someone or an old Facebook post where I said, like, my boyfriend's talking to a bunch of bitches, or something like that. And you came down my throat for that. I'd be like, all right, well, yeah, that was dumb. I was making a mistake. I was 19. You're a 27 year old famous person who already got kicked off of Saturday Night Live because you can't stop partying in COVID. And then you are making racial slurs. Like, that's just who you are. Yeah, CMT suspended playing him. His record has dropped him indefinitely. And I believe he's been pulled from a couple of appearances so far. Yeah. Yeah, so he's been pulled from several, you know, he's he's facing consequences. And I hate when people call this cancel culture. And I'm like, no, these are what consequences are. Yeah, you're not being canceled because you're getting dropped from your record label. You're getting dropped from your record label because you're a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. You know who's not an idiot? I disagree, but who? The animators behind Frozen have helped decode a 62-year-old Russian cold case. Yes, so this is according to IndieWire.com. And let me just preface this by saying, obviously, these coders are not idiots. I just think this story, I've got some controversial opinions, but I don't know. Explain to everybody what happened. The Dyatlov Pass incident left nine Russian hikers dead in 1959. 
So essentially, these were scientists, university students, and they went for a hike, and they were found, some of them were found far from the tent. The tent had a hole ripped into it. Um, people's tongues were missing. The, people were found yeah. naked. And this was like Russia in the winter. And so these kids went hiking, and we don't know what happened to them regarding how they passed away. Uh However, uh, due to the animation style of Frozen with the snow, (laughs) they proved a longstanding theory that an avalanche resulted in the death of the nine hikers. While researchers concluded in 2019 that a avalanche killed the hikers many argue the the avalanche theory didn't stack up according to an, a quote the team's tent encampment was cut into snow on a slope with an incline seemingly two mile to permit an avalanche there was no snowfall on the night of february 1st that could have increased the weight of the snow burden on the slope and triggered a collapse Most of the blunt force trauma-like injuries and some soft tissue damages were atypical to those caused by avalanches, whose victims usually asphyxiate. The avalanche theory has now been further supported with the help of Disney's Frozen, courtesy of Johan Gamm, head of a Swiss federal technical institute named the Snow Avalanche Simulation Laboratory. Gamm was struck with how well the movement of the snow was depicted in Frozen, so he decided to ask the animators who worked on the Disney animated film for the code... So following trips to Hollywood to meet with the specialists who worked on their snow effects, they built avalanche simulation models, albeit with decidedly less entertainment purpose, to simulate the impact of avalanches would have on the human body. Using the frozen animation codes, researchers were able to create a simulation of the Kohlhaut-Sakhal avalanche. Gallen worked on the project with Alexander Pearson, a geotechnical engineer at the ETH Zurich. The simulation showed that a block of snow on Kohlhaut Zykil could handily break the ribs and skulls of people in its path. Head on over to National Geographic's website to read a full report on the Dyatlov Pass incident. Although, why would you want to? It sounds fucking insane. It, I mean, it was just such a mystery the way everybody was distributed. It was, as a true crime fanatic, it's one of my favorite stories. So, so that's why that- I'm being a brat, is because I don't, I'm not a big true crime person. So in my head, I'm like, who cares about what happened 62 years ago? But then again, hearing you explain it and hearing that like their tongues were everywhere and stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that's a little interesting. Mm-hmm. But like, I still. Hey, man. I'm not it's- trying to act like I don't care about this story. I'm just trying to say like 62 year old mysteries. Like, uh-huh. damn. You want to know something trashy that just happened to me? What? I had popcorn yesterday, and I just discovered a, like a piece of a kernel stuck in my mouth while we were recording. And I just, the skin of a popcorn kernel was in my mouth still. A 12-hour-old mystery. A 12-hour-old mystery. Solved. <laughs> Solved here on Trashy Trashy. Whatever. I'm being a brat. I guess that story is pretty cool. <laughs> Well, our next story is uh, equally as cool. According to worldnewsera.com, plane flies over Robin Hood's headquarters with Suck My Nuts banner. This is a good use of the money you just made off of GameStop. Hire a plane with a banner telling Robin Hood to suck your nuts. Like, finally, our economy is being stimulated in a meaningful way. Finally. (laughs) 
The message, which is dripping in anger, is an above-earth response to the company's decision to restrict trading of 50 stocks, including GameStop, AMC, and BlackBerry. The guy posted on Twitter, it's happening at 3, 4.30 p.m. Pacific. A plane will be flying a banner over San Francisco that says, suck my nuts, Robin Hood. And I slid the pilot some extra money to circle right above Robin Hood's HQ for a while. Go take some photos. I don't even live there. And then he posted a picture of the flight path. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is what happens when Reddit takes over the stock market. Stonks. Stonks, bro. Residents of San Fran saw the banner Friday afternoon, much to the delight of many, especially those who can't play the same game people on Wall Street have been playing for decades. Remember the late 90s when tech stocks were skyrocketing way beyond their worth? The free trade app got hit with a class action lawsuit one day after Robinhood barred retail investors from continuing to buy stock in companies on the verge of collapse. It became an epic battle between Redditors and hedge fund managers. You know, Robin Hood didn't... Here's the thing. This guy's been doing interviews on, like, every fucking news outlet ever trying to protect his, like, brand and his name. But he didn't... He didn't... He basically... There was a liquidity problem. They couldn't keep putting up the money to buy all these stocks, these stonks. So it was less them trying to, you know, protect the hedge fund managers and more like them trying to not themselves accidentally go out of business, which, by the way, I've got a hot stock tip. Hot tip. Hot tip? It is probably not that hot, but it's hot to me because I didn't know. Apparently, today, Super Bowl Sunday, or yesterday, for all of our listeners who listen on Monday, Elon Musk is supposed to, like, air a ad about Dogecoin. Oh? Yeah. So, like, if you get in right now before the Super Bowl, (laughs) which... (laughs) Only an opportunity that you and me will have as we talk about that. Dogecoin is up to seven cents right now. It's only seven cents? Mm-hmm. Like, high key, like, should I get some of this stuff and then tell you guys what happens next week? Uh, it's really hard to find where to buy it right now. I think you can buy it on Robinhood. Are we supporting Robinhood, though? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I, I'm like, okay, like, I think that he, he said it was, he's, he said he couldn't, it was liquidity. Okay. Like I, 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 well, I believe him. I believe this, the tech bro. I'm looking, Are you up, looking up how to buy Dogecoin. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, Elon Musk is like very much like this, the punk rock billionaire. I do not like this man, Elon Musk, but I'm saying like, he is just like he posted hashtag Bitcoin on his Twitter and then Bitcoin fucking went through the roof. And now with the Super Bowl ad for Dogecoin is kind of like, well. <laughs> Speaking of, of money, let's get into our next story. Mm. According to the DailyMail.co, man who spends 10,000 pounds. Is that a pound or a euro? <laughs> let's say pounds. Are you going to look it up? Yep. What is it? Pound. It's in Switzerland. It's a pound? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Ooh, I'm so traveled. A man who spent 10,000 pounds on prostitutes using fake money he printed himself, dubbed so bad a blind man could see it wasn't real, is convicted in Switzerland. The man, 50, received a three-year prison sentence in Basel over forgeries. The fake money was used to pay prostitutes twice in July and in October in 2019. 
The ruse was discovered when the woman's bank rejected the dodgy notes. Now look at that. You are in a country where it's where sex work is legal. Mm-hmm. And so sex workers can fucking protect themselves from this kind of stuff because she they found this out when she took 10,000 pounds to her bank to deposit and they were like this is not real money and so she was like oh dip okay and she was able to go to the police. Yes. Because they have rights and it's an occupation and it should be protected. Yeah, if you if there was a you know because when I was reading that I was like she went to the police then I was like oh right I forgot we live in prude America where if you're a sex worker and you get fake money well then great you just got fake money fuck yeah yeah the forgeries were used twice in June and October of 2019 for payments to two women for for sex the man's lawyer argued that she had accepted the money willingly, despite it being clear that the notes were fraudulent. The man alleged she stole a large sum of money from him. Police search of the man's home revealed more fake money printed on a color inkjet printer, just like the one your mom has. <laughs> Cass? Cass, I'm, I'm trying to fax something on the printer. Can you help me? Ugh, don't even, like, I'm so triggered, like... I, I, I bet my mom who listens to this podcast, like, mom, do you know how to use your printer? No fucking way. Do you know how to use your printer? She, like, she might now because she like does embroideries and stuff. So she has to print things out. But like, how much, how long did it take you? Months? I barely can use a printer. Printers are hard. It's true. I've never had one that's worked for more than like a month. Does your mom, does a good old Tina Curry... Does she like show you things on her cell phone that she's like, this isn't working? And it's like, that's 100% your fault. No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Is Tina good with, Tina, you good with technology? She's pretty okay with the technology. It was her wow. birthday yesterday. Oh my God. Happy belated. An Aquarius queen. Uh, an Aquarius queen. The notes had no security features and in some cases were printed the wrong way around, leaving police bemused as to why the man thought the money would be able to pass into circulation undetected. See, it's, it's nice. They're not blaming the prostitutes for taking it. They're, they're literally being like, this guy had to know he was going to get caught. The 39-year-old woman told Basil's criminal court that she had accepted the strange counterfeit notes that night because they looked real in the low light of the man's home, according to the local. The man was handed a three-year conditional prison sentence after being convicted of fraud, counterfeiting, and circulation of counterfeit money. Prostitution in Switzerland is legal and regulated. There are several licensed brothels across the country, primarily in Zurich. For more information, visit nationalgeographic.com. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into our next story from thecomplex.com. Yeah, woman goes viral after using Gorilla Glue spray on her hair. It don't move. Tessica Brown, a.k.a. Gorilla Glue Girl, has apparently sought medical treatment as of yesterday. So I saw, this, I saw this TikTok, or it was on Instagram, I don't know, but I, I saw it. And she ran out of her hairspray that she normally uses. And so she got Gorilla Glue spray for reasons that I don't understand. Um, and her hair stayed the same, like no flyaways, no nothing. It looked good, but it stayed in place for over a month. Uh-huh. Like 
she glued her fucking head. Oh, boy. She's been unable to remove it for the past month. The now viral TikTok video drew a slew of suggestions from medical and hair experts, with some suggesting she try everything from rubbing alcohol to tea tree oil to mayonnaise treatments. Clearly none of those work, so now she's seeking a more permanent remedy. Guess what? Using Gorilla Glue on your hair is apparently a bad, bad idea. A real bad idea. Bless her heart. I mean, what 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 are they going to do like cuz you can't just like shave if your head if your hair is stuck to your fucking hair or your head like you can't just shave it off it can't be that easy and also who the fuck wants to shave their head but also you, know, you used gorilla glue my my dude yeah she said she's washed her hair 15 times and has seen zero improvement she then ran her hands over the slick back hair to demonstrate the severity of her situation it was like it was like a helmet. It was like if it sounded like plastic. Quote, my hair, it don't move. You hear what I'm saying? It don't move, she said. So I'm going to tell y'all like this. If you ever run out of got to be glued spray, don't ever use this unless you want your hair to be like that forever. This is an opportunity, perhaps, and I'm speaking as Erica Curry right here, that you could sue <laughs> got to be glued spray. Uh-huh. Because it says glued in their name, which is perhaps um, for the unknowing consumer (laughs) to suggest that it is glue, which would make her go, oh, I ran out of this glue. Let Um, me use this glue. uh Uh-huh. That sounds like a class action lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah, again, like, I'm just, I was cosplaying as you, Erica, when I came up with that. I don't think she should do that, but I, you know. She could, maybe. (laughs) It's not unheard of of a lawyer taking a case like that. I would take it if I was a lawyer. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Bless her heart. Tessica Brown, our our thoughts are with you, and we hope that we get an update on this story. Yeah, I hope that your head's okay. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. It's time for the dumpster fire of the week. My loneliness is killing me. Uh, I mean, I, we're both so t- excited to talk about it that we don't even know who who should announce it. So, I, I, I... do it, fuck it, do it, do it, do it. This week, we're talking again about Free Britney. We watched the documentary The New York Times presents. Framing Britney Spears. Yes, so not to brag, but I do subscribe to the New York Times. I also subscribe to New York Times Cooking, and I also just gifted a friend for her birthday uh, yesterday a subscription to New York Times Cooking. So to say that I didn't produce this documentary is you fucking lying, you know? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. this, uh, I produced this documentary. Me, 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 me. At the bottom of the credits, special thanks to Cassandra Cardenas. Yeah, for supporting the New York Times. So anyways, what are we talking about? So this was a documentary that basically told a brief history of Britney's life up until 2008 when she was placed in an involuntary conservatorship. And it goes in hard detail about the conservatorship. This documentary is awesome. It was on originally on FX. Well, I mean, it was on FX, Hulu, and everything like all at once. It like fucking landed. It, this only came out, what, two nights ago? Two nights ago, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, this is a scalusy as fuck. And there's not really anything, I guess, that we can spoil because this is all like common knowledge. But basically, my hard earned uh, New York Times subscription money went into investing into a beautiful uh, foliage wall that they interview everyone in front of. <laughs> yes, uh, fellow podcaster Brittany's Graham, Babs Gray, and Tess Baker were interviewed in the documentary. Yeah, that's pretty cool that yes. you can do a podcast and then end up in a New York Times documentary. Just like one day you'll pick up the New York Times and who will be there in the center? Us. Trashy, trashy. Trashy, Ho- trashy. Hopefully not for crimes we've committed, but <laughs> because this podcast has exploded. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. So this documentary goes into kind of like – we can't talk about the free Britney movement without explaining who Britney Spears is. And they really like from an early age, like pretty much all throughout her career kind of build the image of who Britney is. And it's pretty fucking sad. Like when you're watching it and realizing, so when you're in it, like again, like when Britney Spears came out, I was mm, a, what in 1997 was the her or 98, 99. I was seven, eight, nine years old. And like had that album and stand Britney loved Britney so much. And so when you're a kid, you don't know any of that stuff. And then by the time she was allegedly going, you know, quote unquote crazy, you know, I was like a teenager. And so, and it was no matter what age you were, the tabloids were on fire, like with her, but you're watching her like go from this, like functioning, like sweet, girl who is also just trying to like have a career that she's happy with and, you know, like just perform and and be her. And then just watching her life get fucked up by like paparazzi and media attention. And like, she didn't go crazy. She just, any one of us would have done what she, any one of us would have been shaving our fucking head. Yeah. I 100% agree. The pressure and scrutiny that she was placed under was unbelievable. You mean imagine like just being like imagine being a mom in and I don't mean to like use this term lightly but like it's kind of like something a little short of a war zone. Mhm. She's mm-hmm. being bombarded constantly. Every, yes. Every decision, every action was documented by the paparazzi. There was so, no light breaks for her. I mean, it's pretty devastating. And like, so now then they go into the conservatorship and seem like she was hesitant and didn't want it from the get go. Also seems like this other weirdo was taking control of her life for like a hot second. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. Who cares? It's just some other weirdo. Watch the documentary. And they talked about like how like Justin Timberlake, like all these different ways where she got formed as a bad person. And a lot of it having to do with just how we treat females in the media and in the industry and like the kind of scrutiny that she came under that was not comparable whatsoever. You know, like if you looked at what boy bands dealt with, which was very little, they literally showed like a GQ magazine where it was like Justin Timberlake on the front. He's like, that said like, he may make sissy music, but at least he got in Britney's pants. Like that was a cover of a magazine. It was, I mean, it's disgusting the way we've treated this woman. Yeah. The early two thousands was definitely like wild. And like, I I'll say like a different time when it comes to like toxicity in the media. And like, I don't, I can't, unless it, it's just easier to shut out. Like, I don't believe that, tabloids go as hard as they used to yeah 
Yeah, I, I mean, think- there's there's the the normal players, of course, you know, that they get photographed, but like Brad Pitt's not getting run down every time he walks to his car. Yes, every time he goes out for Taco Bell or yeah, makes his way to Starbucks, they're not necessarily all up on his shit. Yeah. But, like, there was a time when it was just, like, Lindsay Lohan and all these figures that, like, we see as, like, these crazy women. It's, like, we're the reason. We did this. hmm So it's our responsibility now to free her from this. I think the movement is getting a lot of public support. Uh, she has mm-hmm. a hearing coming up on February 11th. Yeah. Uh, and this documentary, I'm sure, helped. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are just unaware of what Free Britney is and the conservatorship. And, you know, they they saw her performing. Like, under the conservatorship, she did a residency in Vegas. She was on a sitcom. Like, she works. So she people released think, circus. She released circus. Like, people think that she is, quote, just normal again. Just kooky on her Instagram. And... Most people aren't aware of this conservatorship and what it means to somebody's personhood. Yeah. I mean, they said that, like, there's no, that this lawyer couldn't think of an instance where a conservator or someone, a conservatee was able to get out of a conservatorship. And it's like, well, yeah, doy. They're usually for, like, old people who are senile and, like, they die. There shouldn't, the conservatorship shouldn't be allowed on youth in general. Yeah. No, I totally agree. There's got to be other ways. This It was very reminiscent to me of like when you like read about Marilyn Monroe's life and how, you know, like there were so many people monitoring her and keeping her drugged and like she lit like, you know, like these people who were supposed to be helpful and helping her like moved her into a neighborhood like, oh, we're just going to have like and lo and behold, her neighborhood's like surrounded by like spies like. Mm-hmm. So many people like controlling the product. Like this is, she is not a product. She is a person. She's a person. And so it, yeah, it felt very reminiscent of, of that. And a lot of people are like, well, she's not in the right mental state and she's not going to make smart investments with her money. You know, what's her God right to do? Spend every last goddamn dime on whatever she wants. She earned it. I mean, right now she's paying for her lawyer and her conservatorship's lawyers. She's paying for everything. And, like, also, I'm kind of shocked that her estate is only $60 million. Uh, yeah, I think that's undervalued. Or either that or she just has, must have lost a shit ton of money over the years. Like, because if she was making, like, um, almost a million a week when she was in that Vegas thing. So that's $52 million right there. And that was not that was only a few years ago, you know, so there's obviously like been a lot of mismanagement of money and a lot. She's obviously lost a lot of money and blah, blah, blah. But like they're framing like, oh, her dad is the conservator and he was like not even really present in her life much until all this started happening. Uh Like, you know, I think that he he saw his cash cow maybe going out to pasture and was like, no, 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 Mm -hmm. no, no, no. So this whole thing is really fucked up and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to like not kind of look at and, and wonder like a pop star's personal life. It shouldn't be a top, a news story on CNN. No, I a hundred percent agree. And I, I keep saying, no, I agree, which is an odd phrasing, but I, I agree. Like let these people live. Like they just want to entertain. But yeah. Their personal lives are really none of my business. Yeah. 
So <sighs> thoughts and prayers, Brittany. We love you. We hope that you're thoughts and prayers in a serious way, though, not in like a, in a sarcastic way. Yeah, like love and light, my friend. Love and light, that's better. My Sagittarius queen. Mm. Are you hoarding anything this week? Yeah, okay. So I watched this the pilot for this show called The Wilds. It's on Amazon mm. Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like lost. Ever, a lot of people are like, it's like Gen Z lost. I've only watched the pilot because like high key, I have to like, I have to really be in the right mindset for this. But like this show is so much more than just Gen Z lost. Like I don't, it's, it's in fact, the only thing that connection with lost is that they're on an Island and something weird might be going on. But like, this is these women, these young teenage girls and all of the plight and trauma and bullshit that goes into being a teenage girl. Like, because I say we, because I went through these things of like, you're sexualized too early. You're, you're still a fucking kid and you're getting put into adult situations and you know, you're getting preyed on by men and like all these kinds of things. And it's just like, it's incredibly triggering to watch. I'm like, I'm not going to candy coat it. It's very triggering to watch, but I think that it's really like so far, again, I just watched the pilot. I'm going to watch more. My therapist recommended it to me, (laughs) but it's, it's pretty fucking good. Like, but yeah, it follows like these women, these girls who, um, they got in a plane crash and crashed on an Island. And so the narration style of it is that, you know, like one of them is like, they're, they're going with like the FBI or whoever's investigating the crash, like they're kind of recounting their incident, like, and she's going over it. And one of the, like her things is like the trauma that we all, like you guys keep saying the word trauma, like the trauma that we've endured did not come from that island. It came from before the island and like life, everyday life of being a, a teenage girl, of being a young woman. So wow. really good. Um, Definitely watch it. Uh, prepare to have some conversations or want or the desire to have conversations after. Uh, I know I did. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna keep watching it. It's just I, I got to take it in shifts because you know I'm we're in a fucking pandemic. Like my anxiety is already through the roof. Like so, <laughs> what are you hoarding? I'm hoarding the latest season of RuPaul Drag Race. Mmm, fun. It's got some real heavy hitters. Simone is the moment right now. I think okay. they are the early front runner, front runner to win. But it's real good this season. They did a, a twist in the first episode mm. where two girls entered the workroom and they immediately had to lip sync for their life, which is like how you determine if you stay or yeah. if you're kicked off that week. And so there was a winner and a loser, like six or seven of these mini lip syncs happened back to back. So there was an A group and a B group. Wow. Did they get to like warn each other that it was happening? Nope. So you just walked in and you think you're the first person in the workroom or there's one other person in the workroom and then boom, you're immediately called to the stage. You're immediately going to lip sync for your life. And the B group, the, the losers, AKA, they were told, okay, you guys all, you get to stay. You're not immediately sent home, but you have to vote one of you out right now. <gasps> and so based on first impressions and looks alone, they voted somebody out, but then twist, that person went in with the A group. Good. Yeah. It's it's a season full of 
Whoa, I didn't know you could do that on Drag Race. I mean, why not? They've been going for like a thousand seasons. It's good that they're shaking it up. Yeah. I never watched Drag Race. I don't know why. I, it, I know it's like catered to some things that I like. Mm-hmm. You would love it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you throwing anything away? I'm throwing away. So the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City had their season, their season finale. Mm-hmm. And which I enjoyed very much. I enjoyed the whole season. I I thank you, Erica, for recommending that on this podcast. I I I, I found a Housewives franchise that I'm on the ground floor of that I will stay on. But the first five minutes, first five or six minutes, was just they they recap the whole season montage of like this like this past season on whatever, and then they spent like time going from like person to person and then giving them these weird black and white flashbacks of what just happened in Vegas. And it, to me, I'm like, I know that these editors are just having fun, but I'm like, you just wasted six, seven minutes of a 40 minute show on things that we've already seen, which makes me feel like it's very evident that you're out of content. Uh-huh. And like, maybe it was because of COVID or I don't really know, but I was kind of like, kind of bugged me. I'm not going to like take it against the whole franchise, but I was kind of just like, okay, like, come on. Like just if anything, have a fucking shortened episode then like don't fucking mock me with this, with these transitions and these flashbacks and stuff like that. That's, that's where I start to lose interest in these reality shows is when they spend so much time like doing exterior shots or like things like to show motion or like to do flashbacks that I'm like, Oh, this is actually about nothing. (laughs) Takes me out of it, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think it's like a good refresher for the unsavvy watcher. Like you're you're very savvy. You pick up on everything. You know, Thank you're you. you're with it. And <laughs> this is for the more casual housewife fans, the people that wouldn't remember what had just happened or or what was going on here. I think it's their way of kind of throwing it back to them. So we're watching the dumbed down version for the dummies. Yeah, but it's like you don't know that Mary Cosby was walking around her house in that specific moment, suddenly having flashbacks of the phone call that she had in Vegas or, you know, like, but fine, fine, Erica, I'm just too savvy. What are you throwing out? I'm throwing away a grocery delivery or pickup from Ralph's when they when they do substitutions and they don't let you know what they're substituting while they're shopping. They just give you a little sheet that says, by the way, these are the substitutions we made. You had no option in what <sighs> you got to pick. Wow. And I know that's very niche. It's a local grocery chain to LA. <laughs> I mean, it's Kroger brand. So whomever is your Kroger supplier, um, I know that there's King Supers in Colorado. And I think it's called like Meher. No, it's not called Meher. That's how I thought it was called. It's called Major. But like, I, it looks like hair to me, yeah. <laughs> but that's like, uh, that's the version up in Michigan and mm-hmm. there's, uh, another one up in Washington. I don't know why I know every Kroger brand, but like it's Kroger. She's Kroger. I just want more options to make substitutions. Like I'm so grateful somebody is shopping for me. I try to tip well when I go, but I just want a hand in it instead of just being told, well, we just didn't replace it or we just made this crazy substitution are you you're doing this because you're afraid of covid right yes i am not shopping in person right now i 
that's the one thing I haven't, I, I, I go very infrequently, but that's the one thing I haven't given up. I'll still double mask and do it because I have to be there to pick out my own shit, especially when it comes to produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a gamble. It's a gamble for sure. Where can the people find you? At Cass Cardenas on Instagram and Twitter. Here's a fun one. If you'd like to be friends on Peloton, I'm at Cass at noon. Let's ride together, y'all. I've had a Peloton for like a hot minute, like a well, I don't remember. I don't know how long, but I've had it for a while. And I was like, oh, I should just like ride with my friends, <laughs> ride with my tragedy, tragedy people. So anyone who listens to this podcast, we have Peloton at Cass and Noon, bro. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. I need, to, I need to get on board. Where do they find you? At Iconic Erica Curry on Instagram. And you can find me at Gilly Gal on Twitter. And you can find this podcast at Trashy Trashy Pod on Instagram and on Twitter. And we see you when you follow and we really appreciate the engagement. It does not go on deaf ears. Thank you. We love you. Uh, You can email us at TrashyTrashyPodcast at gmail.com. Tell us why you're trash or send us a listener story. And we just want to say thank you so much for all the five-star reviews. We are up to 76. Ooh, if we get a hundred, should we do it? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> if we get a hundred reviews, that is 24 more reviews by the end of February. So like, you know, this is a little bit of a, a, a long shot, but this going out on February 8th, that gives us 20 days for 24 reviews. Erica and I will both get lip injections. <laughs> We're going to do it. 100 views by February or reviews by February 28th. And I will go under the needle. Well, I mean, we didn't go under. Oh, You're no, awake. They, they need to sedate. Are you serious? Really? I'm scared. You, you get Botox? I, I've gotten Botox once. Did you have to get sedated? No, I've gotten Botox twice. No, I, I did not have to get sedated. What's the problem then, Erica? They put a I bunch ha- of numbing shit on you and... All right, 28 reviews or 24 more reviews by this February 28th. We'll yeah. get it together. <laughs> we'll get our we'll get those lip injections we want so bad. Hey Cass. <laughs> What's up, girl? Stay garbage. You stay garbage, my friend. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 